0: Welcome to the Exposing Pseudo-Astronomy Podcast, for another example of astronomy misconceptions, mistakes, half-truths, and conspiracies. My name is Stuart Robbins, and this is episode 14 for the second quarter of December 2011. The topic for today is the Mayan calendar, and what the Mayans really said about 2012. Now, I'm not a Mayan scholar by any stretch of the imagination, so I've brought on one to help sort this stuff out. Yuan Normark is an archaeologist and researcher at the Department of Historical Studies at the University of Gothenburg, Sweden. He specializes in settlement, archaeological theory, and Maya. Yuan has worked at several sites in Mexico, Belize, and Guatemala, and since March 2009, he runs the blog Archaeological Hexities, where he blogs about his interests, including the 2012 phenomenon. Welcome to the Exposing Pseudo-Astronomy podcast, Yuan. Okay. Thank you. So to get started, what got you interested in archaeology, and the Maya in particular?
1: Uh, well, archaeology has been an interest for quite some time. Uh, I don't know, I don't know really when my interest turned into the Maya but it, it's it's too far away back in time so I don't really remember but I've had a general interest in in ancient history uh, before so uh, at the time when I began my university studies my my main interest was the Maya in terms of geography at that time so that is why I, yeah I, I got hooked up with the Maya but the Maya archaeology is not, you cannot really study that in, in Sweden. So I have been kind of self taught to some extent uh, for the Maya part, but all other parts, uh, archaeological part, is uh, of course taught at school. But I've been uh, working with uh, several Mayanists uh, since 1997.
0: So why have you chosen to blog about the 2012 stuff? What got you interested in that?
1: Uh, when I began to blog in uh, uh, in March uh, 2009, uh, my main interest was to focus on uh, archaeology and the archaeological theory and, and the Maya. But uh, at that time, also Roland Emmerich's disaster movie. Uh, 2012 began to be in the news, and uh, well, it, it hadn't had premiere at that time, but there were a lot of uh, talk about it, and I, and I could also see that some traffic that people search on Google came to my blog you know, by searching something about 2012, even though I didn't write about it, as I. I first wrote about uh, a Swedish Mayanism uh, scholar called called Johan Kalman. He's not the... uh, uh, Mayanism is is the term for the uh, pseudo-scientific part of this research uh, that is inspired by New Age and UFOs, uh, etc. And Kalman is a Swede that has been very prominent in this in this field and I I knew him perhaps more than any other 2012er and uh, so I started to blog about him and kept on going for almost 3 years now
0: a lot of the uh, the tie in with 2012 and the maya seems to revolve um, pretty much exclusively around their calendars and then the new agers tack on a lot of uh, a lot of astronomy stuff and other Things to it. As some background, can you tell us what the Mayan calendars actually are?
1: It's basically a count of days, and they count the days in, in various ways. Because the, the lowest temporal unit that you find in the ancient Maya calendar, and also to some extent in the contemporary Maya communities that still use some of these calendars. It, 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 the lowest unit is um, is the day. They don't actually have any fractions of day, like hours or minutes. So they are counting days and they do that in uh, at least two cyclical uh, ways. Uh, one called Solkin, which is a 260-day calendar, where you combine 20 days with 30 numbers and uh, twenty. Times 13 is 260, and that is believed to be inspired perhaps by the the length of the pregnancy of a woman, for example. Because in, in some contemporary Maya communities in highland uh, Guatemala, they, they say that people have lived for a Tzolkien uh, in the mother's stomach before they are being born. Mm. So it's a terminatory it, calendar where you can prophesy future events, uh, in terms of your business, and uh, it's more, it's an ast- almost like an astrological calendar without the, with the celestial stuff, okay. or how, yeah. And then you also have the, the AB, the 365-day uh, the calendar, uh, which is, um, which is based on, Units of 20 days called Winal, which is, com- and you have 18 of them. And 18 times 20 is 360. And, and then you have five days called the Wayeb, which is the so called unlucky days at the end of the year. And uh, the Maya didn't have the, the leap year every fourth year. So this Ab calendar, it, it went out of the, the solar cycle very rapidly. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but they didn't care about it that much. Uh, and these two calendars, which is cyclical, they repeat every um, 260 and 365 days. They can be combined into the so-called calendar round, which is when you have one day in one other calendar and the day in the other calendar. When they come back together, it takes 52 years which is, they call it usually the Mesoamerican century. It's a very, very important uh, cycle that repeats them every 52 years. And not only the Maya had this calendar, but also the Aztecs. But the 2012, the significance of that date has to do with the so-called long-count calendar, which is something um, that the Maya and... Some people to the the west where it originated slightly to the west of the maya area the earliest calendar inscriptions is not in the maya area but uh my is, is the people who have used it for the longest time and they used it during the the late pre-classic and the classic period then from the earliest inscriptions is from around uh, thirty-six bc and the last one is at nine hundred and nine AD, according to the the now popular GMT correlation, uh, okay. which is a correlation between the Maya the Long Count and the Gregorian uh, calendar, and th- this is not cyclical. Uh, which is uh, some, some people, well, also some Mayanists, uh, at least of an older generation, but also the um, New Agers believe that it is cyclical, uh, and that is why they believe that in 2012, the 21st of December, that
0: it's an important date. So you're saying that the calendar doesn't actually end in 2012?
1: No, it's um, there is no end to the long count. It's uh, As the name implies, it's a long count. It doesn't have any known end, at least according to what we know today. There is no end, at least... In 2012, it's, there are some future dates that we know from some inscriptions that set the that, that mention events far uh, into the future. Into 4772 AD, uh, we have a one date, and it's not a date as far as we can tell within a new cycle. It's still within the same count as this one. It doesn't end or, or restart because some people have confused or I would say mixed the Maya calendar with, for example, the word ages that the Aztecs believed in uh, where there have been repeated creations that uh, or suns that have uh, emerged and existed for a couple of centuries and then uh, or according to multiples of the calendar round, the 52 year cycle uh, so they have emerged and then collapsed and this is what you can see on the, on the so called Aztec calendar stone which mm-hmm. usually the 2012 is used as a symbol for the whole 2012 phenomenon but that calendar has nothing to do with 2012 uh, it has to do with the calendar round and, and, and Aztec beliefs who are in the 15th and 16th century AD. The Maya is earlier. Well, the long count is earlier. And the Maya and Aztec should be separated if they, because their beliefs are not exactly the same. But for a general public, that is perhaps not so important. But when it comes to the long count, it, it is based on uh, also the lowest temporal unit. If the, the sun or the day uh, the kin... And then you have a unit of that is twenty times that. So we are now and then you have the tune which is three hundred and sixty day. And then you have a katune which is twenty tune, and then you have a buck tune which is twenty cartoon or four hundred tune, which is roughly three hundred and ninety four years. And then there are inscriptions that mention that the the word the current word creation or whatever, how we should interpret it, was created on the date of 13 Bakhtun uh, for Ahau 8 Kumku, which is the long count date and the Tzolk'in and update. date. That has also led people to assume that since the world was created on a 13 Bakhtun, that it should end on a 13 Bakhtun, that it's re- repeating. But of course. Uh, <laughs> th- yeah, yes. Yeah. But there is a problem with that assumption, and that is we don't really know why they, they choose the starting point of a 13 baktun. That that should imply that there was that that 13 baktun cycle, if there is one, would have started sometime around 8000 BC. But there is some interpretation that the Maya didn't use negative numbers, so they couldn't write like we do when we when we write uh, for example the murder of caesar 44 bc they mm-hmm. couldn't write it like minus 44 uh, so they instead of using negative numbers uh, when they actually described something that happened before the current era our current existence they wrote it as if it is as it was in a former cycle hmm. that was their way of dealing with negative numbers. That is one interpretation. And then there is another one that the Maya actually had a much longer, that the long count that we see today is just a shorthand version of a much greater cycle. Because there is an inscription at, uh, for example, Stila 1 at Cuba in Mexico, where you have 19 levels above that, uh, that you have 13 13, 13, 13 in 19 times higher than the Bakhtun, which is a an astronomical number, which is, I think it's 27 zeros, so it's
0: octillion. Yeah, something like so that.
1: It, it, yeah. yeah, it's so, uh, a really uh, then, then long time. Is, yeah, so it's a, a huge uh, cycle. Uh, and in that case, it may have an end, but that end would be several octillion years into the future. And of course... Uh, Far beyond the 2012 phenomenon, but how we should interpret that long uh, inscription is, of course, a, a most minus believe it is more of a symbolic uh, reference uh, to show that the Maya could actually write huge numbers, and that was a myth- mythological reference rather than a, a real. Most inscriptions only yeah. focus on the five lowest levels, then up to the 13th baktun. But there is, as I said, evidence at Palenque at least that the, it goes um, to at least one pictoon, which is the level above the bucktoon, that we have a, a date in 4772 AD. And that is after 20 bucktoons. So it's not a certain bucktoon cycle. It goes at least to 20 bucktoons and perhaps even longer. The so mind didn't worship time as the old school believed. The time was important, of course, but you could see that, um, just as in any other civilization, the monuments depict or describe kings and uh, the families and history of the sites where they lived, events that were important, uh, such as warfare or dedication of houses, for example. So that is what the calendar was used for, basically. And the long count, as I said, it disappeared in the last inscription we have is in 909, according to this GMT correlation. And in later times, the Maya used something called the short count, which is 256-year-long cycle. And but that was more; it was cyclical; it repeated. And. Um, so, they just dropped the back tune part and focused just on the cartoon. So, it was a
0: 13 cartoon cycle. So, maybe some of the Mayanists today are confusing the short count that is cyclical with the long count which isn't cyclical. But, but that actually brings me to um, another question. You've mentioned the GMT correlation. And I remember reading, I think about a year ago, that the GMT correlation could be off by something like 52 years, so a calendar round, and that would mean that the quote-unquote 2012 end of the Mayan calendar may have already happened or may not happen until the middle of the century. Or I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that because this whole 2012 thing relies upon knowing precisely how the Mayan calendar lines up with our calendar today.
1: Yes. Uh, the most popular uh, correlation constant is called GMT, then, which is sh- short for three uh, men called Goodman, Martinez, and Thompson. And they made this, uh, refine the correlation in several steps. And uh, Thompson, Eric Thompson, um, was a very important Mayanist, and he was very dominant in the 60s and 70s and even before that as he set out to of course uh, settle the whole correlation issue once and for all. And then there is another man called Floyd Laburyy who who also checked uh, Thompson's correlation and it was, Very much accepted. Uh, Thompson, I mean, Lounsbury's correlation is just two days off. So sometimes you see the 21st of December or sometimes the 23rd of December, 2012. The Lounsbury correlation is the one that says it's two days later. But it's pretty much based on the same, you know, uh, information. And that information is taken from different sources, such as the Venus table or in the Dresden Codex which addressed Dresden cortex is a book that has been preserved, an ancient Maya book, and it's also based on inscriptions such, such as the, the moon cycles, that is, you can find moon cycles in the in inscriptions as well, and the, they coincide very well with the the GMT correlation, but you just need to change that to 30 days mm-hmm. or so for for for, a, for another Correlation to, to, also suit it, and also they focus on colonial documents. Of course, when uh, colo- early colonial documents mention the the Tolkien and, or rather, the updates because the uh, in, in Yucatan, because the the some of these dates were or calendars were no longer in use, but there is confusion also among. In these so-called uh, Chilam books, which is much later texts written by Maya, but Maya that had been Christianized, but they, uh, so they had dropped their old glyphic uh, writing system. They adopted the Latin uh, alphabet, but wrote in Maya. But there, these books that has been used to uh, to understand the. So-called post-classic history and perhaps even earlier periods is very—they—they they are very very confused and um, sometimes mention people, historical figures, uh, doing events even before they actually came to to Yucatan Peninsula, that we know from other sources. So these documents are seldom very very trustworthy, um, but. Uh, Thompson made some uh, Thompson and then Lansbury. They made some convincing arguments then based on on some of these uh, sources, and uh, it got accepted then by scholars. Um, and so they began to use the Gregorian dates in their publications instead. Well, along with the long count dates, and it's uh, Aldana is a researchers, Santa Barbara, who's done this most recent investigation of how the, the arguments that have been so, so to speak, black boxed, they have been they are taken for granted among contemporary miners because they or at least most of them have believed that the issue have been solved several, several um, well at least two, maybe three decades ago so they haven't really focused on that, but if you open up this black box, you will see that there are many arguments that doesn't really hold now, as we know. But another source that has been important here is carbon dating of some lint wooden lintels that have from the site of Tikal, where you have inscriptions, a calendar inscription, but this is made of wood, and if you radiocarbon the, the the wood, you in some cases you actually got a very close the calendar date according to the GMT but that I think they took two or three lintels dated, and this one that was within the range and the, the carbon range and the uh, another one that was slightly outside and then there was one that was about a century off but then they have also done is radiocarbon at Chichen Itza at, and there it's two centuries off so which means that the 13 Bakhtun data would have occurred two centuries ago if that is correct so then yeah, I wouldn't say it's solved yet but yeah, archaeologists of course use other methods as well as I said radiocarbon dating and also ceramic chronology and uh, if the calendar is off, it's not off by, for, for archaeologist it's not off by much. But if you have, as the case is, when you, at least in the late 80s and early 90s, you had a lot of archaeoastronomical research done, uh, which was based on the GMT correlation, then you need... Very exact dates that doesn't fit, for example, than the so-called galactic alignment theory, which is
0: the subject of the next a- episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but and that is completely dependent on this correlation. Then, if the thirteen Baktun date falls on twenty-first of December on the winter solstice, then then of course that is important. But it it could be several years off. And if it's several years off, it could perhaps still end on the winter solstice, but then everything else is completely wrong in the calendar. Since it doesn't follow the, the solar cycle, it follows the 360-day uh, the tune. So, yeah, everything else will be completely wrong. And uh, for an archaeologist like myself, that doesn't really matter. I mean, I've I'm, I'm been working with... Settlement patterns and we get a range if we rate carbon things we will get plus minus half a century or so that is perhaps fine for us but Aldana who has done this open up this black box done he he hasn't proposed a new correlation constant because he he don't have the, the data that is needed for to make a new correlation
0: constant So it's more, he's just been saying, the one that's in use doesn't seem to be accurate for these reasons, but I don't have a better suggestion at the moment. Exactly. Next I wanted to ask you, who are some of the big players in the 2012 Mayanist movement, and I was wondering if you could briefly outline, like, maybe the biggest claim of of each of your, I don't know, top three favorite?
1: Oh, you, you mean mayanist? no. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, so you'd mentioned... Them.
1: Because Ma- Ma- Mayanists are the, the academic scholars... Oh, to, sorry. ...to publish research. Uh, Mayanism, well, I, I don't know how to pronounce what they are called, but Mayanism means the pseudoscientific
0: part. That,
1: that one. the <laughs> New, New
0: Age, yeah. Yeah, the, the uh, New Age people. Like you'd mentioned, uh, Kalimann, I know on your blog you talk about uh, John Major Jenkins... So do you have, Uh, like, a top few favorite?
1: I haven't uh, talked that much about Jenkins. Uh, Not his theory, Uh, not yet. Um, uh, Jenkins is, he is at least uh, among these people, he's probably one of the the few people who, to to his credit, uh, at least studied the Maya. He's not going out into, um, he's not bringing much information from, for example, I don't know, ancient Chinese wisdom. Although he, you can see you know, uh, references to that, but it's not that much integrated into his research because he at least focused on uh, research. But it's basically, I mean, Maya research, but it's also Maya research that was done perhaps 20 years ago, more or less, because he was very influenced by the work by Linda Scheele and David Friedel uh, called Maya Cosmos. uh, And these are academic scholars, but they they interpreted a lot uh, of the archaeoastronomical evidence as uh, pretty much everything had to do with ancient Maya cosmology uh, or the sky, so to speak. But now... Uh, in the past decades, we know that the Maya were much more focused on the underworld with the caves and uh, to be on good terms with the Earth Lord, gods of fertility and rain, rather than dealing too much with with the with the sky. Of, of course, the sun was important to them. But Jenkins' idea is that, or I, I don't know if you're going to talk about this in your later show, or should, should I? Describe Jenkins more, or
0: um, yeah, you know, if you can, uh, you know, do it in a minute or two, sure.
1: Yeah, well, Jenkins' main idea is that we call it precession or
0: precession, precession of the equinoxes. Yeah, precession of the equinoxes. Yeah,
1: that is a roughly twenty six thousand years. Done, but the, what he has done is to multiply the the thirteen baktun cycle, as he called, it, because he believes it's a cycle, and uh, if you multiply that with five, you get which is 5,125 years. And mm-hmm. multiply that with five, you get roughly 26,000 years. So he believes that the, the on the 21st of December, then, the sun at Izapa, which is a site in the highlands of Guatemala, where he believed that the, the long count originated. And that belief is, is speculative, of course, not completely taken out of the blue, but it's he believes that the morning sun then will rise uh, and pass through what he called the dark rift of the Milky Way. And the Milky Way is for him then the the word tree or cosmic mother in the first mother in Maya cosmology, and the sun is the first father, so there will be some sort of cosmogenesis. Uh, Celestial intercourse there, and the new cycle will restart. And there is not much evidence of that. So he basically argues that the Maya long count is a countdown to that date. But of course, if you go follow the GMT plus two or the Lounsbury correlation, that will take place on the 23rd of December and not on the winter solstice, right. a few days after. But then uh, people who know more about astronomy than me will say that this has already happened for...
0: Right, it happened in 1998.
1: Yeah, and it will continue for a couple of years after
0: mm-hmm. as
1: well. So it's not that... Yeah, I, I, I don't believe much of it. Uh, but uh, he is a major person in this 2012 phenomenon. And But then, of course, his ideas have also been distorted among other people who claim that the galactic alignment means that all planets in the whole solar system will be lined up on that date but i don't know who actually proposed it but i've seen it and which is nothing that he claims but others claim it
0: in his name so the pseudoscientists have even pseudoscient
1: pseudoscience
0: the pseudoscience i guess
1: yeah, yeah, sure, they, because they refer to themselves, of course. They usually right. don't check out the uh, Linda Shiro or David Friel, That was the origin for this idea. Well, they, they didn't propose uh, the the future event, but they, they line up the cosmological uh, data for Jenkins. And he makes it, of course, with other sources. I haven't really focused that much on, you know, the the, people but more of the ideas because the ideas you can find among other, among
0: several people. Do you have a favorite uh, pseudoscientific idea that ties in with this other than the whole calendar's going to end thing?
1: Well, there are usually two camps, you can say. It's either the ones that, like Jenkins and like Kalemann, Uh, And then Kalaman had another end date. He set the end date on the 28th of October, uh, 2011, uh, about a month ago.
0: Right. And
1: uh, nothing really happened. He he said that it would be a transformation of consciousness, that we would reach a new level of understanding and so on. And uh, Jenkins is more in line with that idea that the Maya had something good to tell us with this with the uh, calendar and uh, then you have the of course the doomsday scenario uh, which is more popular among of course in Hollywood and in media mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Jenkins and Callum didn't ha- haven't proposed that but you find those ideas among people like Patrick Garrell and Lawrence Joseph
0: oh yeah the Lawrence Joseph yeah. is a big guy with uh, something with the sun is going to happen
1: yeah, uh, well, the the sunspot cycle, and also polar shifts, and maybe even the, the Earth will reverse in its orbit, etc. And and also the the polar sh- shifts, the, the poles on the Earth will shift dramatically, and uh, it will change and cause disaster. And co- well, other disaster uh, related. To, to the disaster is the, this planet X or Nibiru or whatever you call it, uh, which is of course something taken from fiction uh, uh, originally, But I don't think he ever believed that something's going to happen on 2012. This is in the in the future uh, from his point of view. But other people claim, uh, like the the recent comet, Elenin, mm-hmm. um, yeah. That uh, this was Nibiru or Planet X or whatever, but at least there will be some uh, disaster from outer space. But I would say that all these apocalyptic phenomena, uh, and to some extent also Kalaman and Jenkins falls, falls under this uh, umbrella because they want all these people want some change either a transformation of consciousness or they want a divine or celestial event that casts the whole world into well, create something new, then hopefully something better. And they want someone else to do the dirty work, either the maya calendar or or celestial event. Basically, all these people are armchair revolutionaries. They don't really want to do something themselves. And uh, yeah, I don't know, Atlantis, uh, Anunnaki, the aliens. Uh, the, the most annoying part for me is at least the whole belief that the that the Maya or any ancient civilization, ancient Egypt or whatever, that they were incapable of doing to build um, not just the construct the calendar, but also, construct pyramids, and uh, when it comes to the the Maya pyramids, for example, it's it's not very difficult to construct them. And you well, you need some training, of course, but the Maya pyramid doesn't con- consist of these nicely fit stone blocks like in the, the pyramids at Giza. They are just rubble, just just been thrown into it, and um, yeah, it's not very difficult at all. And it's also, to some extent, it's also ethnocentric, and some people even straddle the line towards racism, uh, claiming that Maya were incapable of doing this. It's not very difficult, and they could easily do that with uh, their technology that they had. Just because we don't, just because we cannot do it, it doesn't mean that they couldn't, because they were much, they had much better skill than, than we have.
0: So I think you actually just answered what was my next question. I was going to ask you, as a Mayan scholar, or as an archaeologist in general, what are some of the things out there? What's uh, some of the ideas that when they're repeated in popular culture that just makes you cringe? Like, for example, with me, whenever I hear someone talk about the dark side of the moon, I want to smack them. It sounds like for you, the, the idea that these ancient civilizations didn't have technology, couldn't possibly have done this stuff themselves. It must have come from crystals in Atlantis or the Pleiadians or aliens from Zeta Reticuli came down and helped them. So that's your what you have yeah, but, uh, one of the biggest the, issues with?
1: The, that is the the main problem, uh, because that is actually goes back to colonialism. Uh, if you want to trace these ideas backwards in time, and that's been, of course, a uh, one strategy for a colonizer to claim that the people that you colonize, that they are, aren't are smart, that you're actually doing a good thing for them to, to occupy the land, to, to teach them. And this is these ideas you can trace back, well, ancient times, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when it comes to the, the Maya area, the, the Maya were being exoticized, exoticized and mystified from pretty much the time of Columbus. And it has been, uh, they remain that. Also, of course, the Mormon church, of course, is also inspired by Mesoamerica, and uh, they include the Maya into their mythology, Mm -hmm. uh, which they haven't really uh, very little to do with it. Or I I would say nothing to do with it, of course. When it comes to The calendar, for example, it is the belief that the Maya calendar, since since the Long Count then begins in 3114 BC, that uh, the Maya must have received this calendar from someone else because they couldn't they couldn't create the calendar that early. That that is also a a strange way of reasoning because also the Christian calendar didn't begin at the time of. Well, the birth of Christ, right? Because there were not someone sitting around and waiting for him to to be born, and then suddenly, oh, he was born. And then let's start a calendar. The uh, Christian calendar was invented much later, and then they trace back the birth of Christ, um, but try to find him.
0: Most people would argue yeah. not that well. It's a few years the, off, so. yeah.
1: And they also moved around the birth of Christ because I think in, in ancient Rome it was he was born in in March or May yeah. or whatever. And they, well, they moved moved his birth date around quite a bit. and um, But that is just during the calendar year, but we don't exactly know what year he was born, if, if he ever existed. But uh, let's assume that for the sake of argument. That's the thing is only the, the Muslim calendar that actually begins pretty much because the Islam got very powerful very quickly. And... Uh, So so that calendar began pretty much when, not far after Muhammad died, and etc. But the 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 Christian calendar wasn't created until the Christians became very powerful in the Roman Empire, and uh, and I think the same goes with Buddhism and uh, Judaism and their calendar. It's, It's something that has been created much later. But why would the Maya set a, a creation date that is almost 3,000 years before the earliest known calendar inscription? Because the earliest that we have is from 36 BC. It's 3,114 BC that the calendar begins. So what happened during 3,000 years, and these people ask. And we simply don't know the reason why they choose to have that, the beginning then, if there is a beginning in 3114, unless the calendar round, of course, is part of, I mean, the long count is part of a much greater and we talked about octillions of years. But.
0: Yeah, I, rem- I remember some people claiming that you know, because we don't know, let's make something up. And they like to say, oh, well, they started it back then because that's when they saw something big happen in the sky. And so they think that when the calendar ends, then that same big bad thing in the sky is going to happen again. And so they, yeah, they pretty, sort of wrap it all up into a nice little package. Yeah,
1: pretty much. That is pr- pretty much how they reason and The thing is that around this time, then, 3,114, it's also something very interesting that happens in, for example, Egypt and Mesopotamia. You start to have, um, in Egypt, you, you get the earliest kings there around this time. And also, well, in Mesopotamia, it goes back perhaps a little longer, and you have more centralized government and cities. But these are part of processes that have, have, you know, you can trace them back centuries before that. It's nothing that suddenly appears. because some people say, "Well, this is the year when Atlantis sank, or whatever," mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, the descendants they settling in Egypt, Mesopotamia, and uh, Maya, and but uh, apparently nothing happened in the Maya for Maya area for millennia. Until they begin to construct the pyramids, but um, that is another issue that they have to deal with. Nothing that a serious scholar need to bother with. But they, the the belief I think among Mayanists is that the calendar, the Long Count, was initiated, and when it was initiate, when it was initiated around perhaps well, second or third century. BC, it must have been initiated uh, sometime before the earliest inscriptions at least, that there were some significant perhaps zenith or whatever uh, zenith passage that they originated, and then they projected part of the calendar backwards in time and part of it into the future. They have to line it up like that. So to me, it's nothing very peculiar about it. It's just that they have they just chose a what seems to be an arbitrary starting point and it's actually the starting point that is important rather than the end date that was important I think it was the starting point when the calendar was initiated on that part of the solar year perhaps and then they have line it up the calendar according for, from that date whatever that date might have been but we simply don't know that
0: I had one final question for you. If you could get any of these people in a room, say Calaman, uh, in a room, and they had to listen to you uh, and they had to answer a question of yours or something, what would you say to them or ask of them?
1: So I, I would just ask them uh, to show, you know, the direct inscription that said that this uh, calendar ends on uh, thirteen Pakhtun, which is then according to the GMT. Uh, the the twenty first of December two thousand twelve, or in the Kalaman's case, and last month. Um, I would ask them to please show me the the direct physical evidence, the epigraphic uh, hieroglyphic evidence, because there is none. Basically, I, I mean, I, I'm not an uh, epigrapher. I, I don't read the hieroglyphs myself, but these people, they they don't do it either. So, they are. In most cases, at least when it comes to Kalaman, they are making things up.
0: So you would actually ask them for evidence to back up their claims.
1: Well, yeah. What well, a they, they Yeah, well, <laughs> they they claim that they have the evidence, but uh, that is usually based on uh, on uh, on speculations.
0: Well, I think that uh, about wraps this up, and I know it's uh, eleven at night your time, and you got up quite early. Uh, so, um, is, is there anything else that you wanted to say?
1: I could see here where the, the questions that you sent me before here, uh, you asked me what the Maya actually said about 2012 themselves.
0: Oh yes. So what did the Maya uh, actually which,
1: say? Which, which is kind of related to what I was just saying here, uh, that there is, isn't much evidence of what they actually said. And if you talk about the ancient Maya, well, the, the ones with the long count, there's actually only one monument called uh, Monument 6 at Tortuguero, where it says that uh, a god called bolon will descend, and he will be dressed up, uh, uh, well, probably a statue of him will be dressed up according to some, uh, some epigrapher's interpretation. But uh, unfortunately, the, the final hieroglyph is eroded, so we cannot know. But the uh, 2012, so I believe, this this is evidence that something will descend, or come comet, perhaps, or uh, Kalamam interprets it as nine waves of transformation will come to an end, and at, at this time, and um, uh, what well, what it ha- actually has to do with is uh, dedication of a building that this monument was that into and um, this is a typical uh, inscription uh, for the Maya that they they relate something that happened in their present with either an event distant in the past perhaps million years in in the past mythological time and also something that will happen in the distant future and uh, this is probably also when it comes to tortuguera it's a very local phenomenon and uh, we know it's the third impact date in the future because it's, it has also the it's token an update that is unique for this future date, not for the the, the creation date that, that happened 5,000 years ago. And but the, the, there is nothing in this inscription that said that they, the world will end. It's just basically it's going to be some sort of celebration with it dressed up. Effigy of, of a God, perhaps. And that is what it says according to this date, then, that people know as 21st of December 2012, but it's better to say 13 Baktun because that is the date. Uh, but if you have another correlation constant, it will be another Gregorian date. And there is also some Maya today, of course, that... Interpret. So, if you talk about the ancient Maya or the modern Maya, it's it's different. Perhaps the, the contemporary Maya of, is of course a very diverse group of people, and some are edu- highly educated and others aren't. And uh, we cannot just homogenize the group and say that Maya believes this, and also in the past they, of course, they probably had different opinions about it. But. Um, there are some Maya, Don Alejandro and Ombudsman, for example, which are Maya elders, but they have been uh, seduced by the, the New Age phenomenon and, and they want to interpret the ancient Maya according to more esoteric Western ideas rather than their, well, what their ancestors actually said. Or well, they are actually mixing it up, of course. And uh, some people then use these Maya elders as uh, alibis for their own ideas. that They can refer to a, a contemporary Maya and say, claim that th- these Maya have an ancient knowledge. But usually their knowledge about the ancient Maya is based on reading New Age literature. So it's kind of a circle movement. Yeah, and well that, going
0: on. That's just like being able to point to an astronomer and say, oh, well, they believe that the Big Bang never happened, therefore this my disbelief in that is perfectly valid. Or, Yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's just an argument from authority that doesn't have authority.
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, um, but then uh, there, there is, uh, I don't know, I haven't seen any information about that. There's something called the Maya movement also. It's more academic scholars that, in, particularly in Guatemala, that the Maya want to recapture or rewrite the history that Westerners and archaeologists such as myself have written for them because they, of course, obviously have another belief, but that is usually perhaps more based on contemporary politics rather than the ancient or knowledge about the ancient past in order to, of course, get a better uh, situation for the Maya today in various parts of of the Maya world. And uh, I don't know how much these people, or what they think of these Maya who follow the New Age stuff, because they, they are few, these Maya elders, but they are, uh, I wouldn't say glorified, but they, they are at least very popular among the New Agers, and at least one of them has been invited to Sweden also for a celebration of a Venus passage on the... 6th of June next year mm-hmm. and uh, I think it was who came up with the idea that because there's the Venus passage um, on the 6th of June that it means that Sweden is important for the, the end of the Maya calendar uh, because the 6th of June is Sweden's national day oh of course a, this <laughs> bizarre logic but anyway the there's going to be a lot of people. And they have invited Don Alejandro, which is one of the Maya elders, but he is like 80 years old. So his wife, which is not a Maya, will come there, But uh, as far as I know. So maybe that will... I will probably write about it on my blog. I won't go there myself. But uh, the, the main correlation between Maya, calendar and astronomer is the, their basic temporal unit, which is the day. And the, day, the, the name of the day or is called kin, which also means sun. So it's the daily cycle that is important to them. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea that Maya had a, so such an exact calendar that they could ca- calculate the, the length of the solar year down to the minute, it's completely incorrect. Uh, what Maya did was simply to just count many, many, many days for a very long period, and then, of course, if you divide that length, uh, if you count it for 100 years, perhaps, and uh, you get a, an average length of the year, then it would be exact. But the Maya didn't use it. They didn't use fractions. So the, that is w- where the whole myth of the, the exact Maya calendar has emerged, I, I believe. And the same goes with the Venus, various mm-hmm. Venus stations that they could calculate that very exactly. It's also based on long, I think, 108 years long. They followed the, the Venus cycle for 108 years, and so there it, it appears to be a very exact knowledge. But uh, I haven't much confidence in those studies anymore now that I know that the GMT correlation is probably wrong. So the, at least I wanted to, to talk a little bit about the astronomical part of the calendar, which I haven't mentioned much before.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, summed it up fairly well. If there isn't anything else, I think that I will say good night. Yeah, good night. Uh, thank you for giving me an hour of your time. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, good luck. Thank you, and uh, I'll see you on the blogosphere. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good night. Oh, good day or whatever. Bye. Bye. Once again, thank you to Yuan Normark for agreeing to be interviewed for this podcast. He mentioned uh, several things uh, related to the 2012 phenomenon that will actually be subjects of future podcasts over the next several months. Among these were the Galactic Alignment, which actually will be discussed on December 16th's episode. Uh, But he also talked about various other things such as pole flips, Pole Switches, Planet X, Nibiru, Anunnaki. He also threw out names such as Zechariah Sitchin. I mentioned John Major Jenkins. All of these will be discussed in future episodes to come, so he actually gave a nice preview of that. That's all, and thank you for listening. That wraps up this topic for the 14th edition of the Exposing Pseudo-Astronomy podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you enjoyed it and learned a little at the same time. For more information about this podcast, please visit the website at podcast.sjrdesign.net. If you have any feedback, please use the feedback form on the website, send an email to podcast at sjrdesign.net, or leave a comment on the page for this episode on the website. I read every email, and I appreciate the feedback. If you have suggestions for topics, please feel free to make them. If you like this podcast, please write a review and rate it on iTunes. Also, tell your friends, family, and your frenemies.